Welcome to the Bubble Lounge. I'm Martha Jackson. And I'm Nellie Shudo. And today, our guest on the show is Emily Wickard of Avara Boutique. Welcome to the show. Thanks, ladies. I am so excited to be here. So, Emily, who the heck opens a store during a pandemic? So many people are closing, but you just opened your own boutique. Yes, a crazy person <laughs> does that. Um, I been asked that question quite a bit lately. And, um, you know, the honest answer is it just kind of worked out that way, as crazy as it seems. Um, I had worked for 20 years in corporate finance, big companies. And, um, you know, I found myself turning 40. And I remember one day I was driving home and I literally was pulling in my driveway and I thought, okay, I've got the husband, I've got the kids, I've got the house in the Park Cities where I always wanted to live, and I'm miserable. (laughs) And that was a really scary thing for me, and I don't know whether it was like a midlife crisis or what, but my kids were little, they were three and one, Mm -hmm. and I was missing already so much of, you know, the, the assemblies or the little plays, and I just thought, here I am killing myself for this corporation that eventually offered me a restructuring package. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all of the presidents of finance, of which I was one, were asked to leave. And so I looked at it and I said, this could be a good thing. And I interviewed for some other finance jobs and all of them were more of the same. And I remember sitting there one day and I was talking to a friend of mine. He said, you've always loved clothes and you've sold things here and there online. Well, why couldn't you make a business out of that? And so I literally, I remember where I was sitting at my kitchen table, and honest to God, in Google, I said, how to start an online boutique. And that's how I started. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to know now how little I knew at the time um, would would have scared me off, I think. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of did the next right thing. And I said, okay, I've got to get a tax ID. I went down to the tax office, you know, and I was all by myself. You know, I think a lot of women partner up with a sister or someone. It was me. And so I I guess I just really wanted to do this. And I was passionate that, you know, I didn't want to have to go back to that big office job again. Um, And I was going to, going to follow, follow my gut on this one. Yeah, Yeah, And I mean, I admire women like you because I have to say, I'm always full of ideas. I mean, I'm an actor. I'm full of ideas. That's what I do. I write. But um, I don't have the business background you yeah. have. I mean, you're a corporate you know, powerhouse. So Thank for you. you, you were ready to, I mean, you knew the steps. You're like, I got my tax ID. <laughs> I'd be like, I just want to have a store with windows. Like, it's, it's impressive that you, Thank you actually knew the exact steps to take, you know? Thank you. So I know exactly what you're talking about because I overstayed my welcome in corporate America too. And I just, <laughs> I, like I think I watched too many shows in the eighties because I had this grand idea of what I saw in dynasty in Dallas is the sign of success is when you're in a big fancy office and yes. you have a view of downtown. Yeah. And it was miserable. I I really did not enjoy it. So I was a little bit older than you before I broke away from that. But yeah, it's it's really nice to have the freedom to do your own thing, right, Mm -hmm. Nellie? Yeah, of course. Um, And I have to say, I think it's a pretty genius idea that you do it as a pop-up shop on Thursdays and Fridays. Yes. That's the way to open something in it, COVID, right? It is, yeah. And really how we started, I mean, to me, you know, I thought about, okay, I'm going to start a website or opening, you know, some kind of a, a store, right? It just 
how will people know about me? Why would they buy from me? Um, and so I really leverage social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, which are just so powerful these days. And I started selling in a local Facebook group just to get my name out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would buy pieces and the, what they call them stock photos would be, you know, you couldn't see the piece or the model was six feet tall. And a friend of mine said, you will be the face of Avara and you're going to model. And I said, lady, you are at the, the thought of it gave me just <laughs> major anxiety. Yes. I mean, not just because, gosh, I was like, oh, I don't photograph well, but are people going to think that I think I'm a model at five foot three, you know, when I'm 41 years old. And, but she said, no, just be yourself and mm-hmm. do it. And I think people started noticing that, like, oh, well, what is this woman? And she's standing in Highland Park Village, and she's putting on pieces of clothes and changing in her car, which I still do today. <laughs> oh, I'm, um, a big, I'm a big doer of that, like for auditions. Yes. I'm like, you got to do what you got to do. Gotta do. <laughs> I get a whole process. Um, but long story short, I started just getting inventory in and I said well do you want to come over and shop to you know some of my friends and that just slowly evolved into these pop-up shops and you know I think of it almost like as a speakeasy for shoppers it was mm-hmm. one of those insiders I like that yeah right <laughs> yeah that's cool. you had to have a password yeah <laughs> and you know women would come and they would bring a friend because they were like do you just go in the door and how does this work and I don't know right and so <laughs> what's going on in there I know and we I'll tell you we got some traffic my neighbors, thank you all to my neighbors who supported me. Yeah, I was going to ask <laughs> on Stanford Ave. I know during that time, but most of them were shoppers. So you know, what are they going to do? They they handled the traffic, but um, it was great because it a enabled me to get customer feedback. You know what women liked, what mm-hmm. they didn't like, and something for me was there are a lot of online boutiques. If you're 20 and your midriff showing and your butt cheeks are showing, but there's not a lot that's appropriate. I think for women mid 30s to mid 60s mm-hmm. and that's really our base customers mm-hmm. and that's been really exciting to provide them something that you know works for them too well I have to tell you your marketing is on fire like oh, thank I you. mean if you don't know the word Avara and her signature pictures then you're living under a rock because you're very aggressive with your social media thank marketing you. and ads and then I'm on your app and like every day there's several um, pop-ups that come up from the app saying hey this is the new you gotta have this whatever top. You need to name one some of your tops after Nellie and well, I, by the way. That is in process, ladies. Of course. Of course. The Nellie. <laughs> the Martha. Absolutely. So what would you say, because obviously everybody will see your website, etc. They'll see all your social media, but how would you describe your style and the style of what you're selling? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good question. For me, you know, as I sort of rose through the ranks in corporate America, I found, oh, I can go you know, if I wanted to and buy something at Neiman's or Nordstrom and I'm going to get a fancy handbag. And I don't know, I felt myself spending a lot of money on pieces that, frankly, I'd get sick of wearing, you know, or I'd mm-hmm. wear them for a season and say, well, shoot, I paid $400 for that. Well, why did I do that? And I thought, you know, I love the idea of high-low. You know, I love that I've got my bracelets in my bag, but I can have a $36 dress on and kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a style these days, it, it it's not enough just to buy an $800 dress, right? Okay, anybody, you know, with mm-hmm. a certain amount of money can do that. But to really pull off 
I'm wearing a $48 dress with my Birkin. I think that's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And I think women, we want different and we want to be able to, you know, buy a new wardrobe for $300. And that's what my ladies do. Well, and let's face it, if you buy a Birkin, you're going to need to buy a new wardrobe for $300. Exactly. (laughs) Right. No, but you're right. And so the high-low concept I love, I love the idea of being able to really be a one-stop shop for, again, that mid-30s to mid-60s. I mean, it's a broad range, but moms, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, don't you remember like when you go out in your 20s and you're like, I've got it and you were working or going out and then like you have kids and you go, do I still even have it anymore? You know? <laughs> yes. Yes. I can fix myself up and I've still got it, you know? And that's what I love to see a woman come in and say, oh my gosh, I wore your dress and I got so many <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be a great that's feeling. That's why I do it. Well, and I love your high-low concept because yeah. I agree with you. I always thought anybody can walk into a designer shop and be dripping in that brand and walk out the door and look perfect but it's it's more creative to piece yes. things together. Yes. And, um, you know, I think there's this thing as women, right? Like you just said, when you're in your 20s and you have your job and you're you're like, this is my style. Like you've got your own yes. style. And then you kind of get to an age where you're like, oh, I'm supposed to be a lady now. Oh. And <laughs> yes, I am Nellie. supposed to be wearing this designer dress and, you know, it's just appropriate. And and honestly, it can get a little boring. Mm. You know, you, you, totally. you need to keep your style yeah. Fluent, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a way to try new things and trends. Like mm-hmm. a, t- um, a trend that's coming in are these muscle tees. So they've got almost shoulder pads. I know these two are looking <laughs> like, at me like, like I kind of love crazy. it. I love it. You're <laughs> going to be wearing it in a month. So they're j- they're like sleeveless tanks, but they've got a little shoulder pad. And they're huh. so fun and cool. But you don't want to spend $100 on one. You want to spend 42 Right. And that's sort of, you know, you can have the trend, try it out for you, take some risk. Just like you said, Nellie, mm-hmm. like, hey, I still got it. That's yeah. okay. I kind of miss shoulder pads. Remember, you'd buy the oh, styrofoam things and yeah. stick them in your shirt. Like, <laughs> well, I'm a child of the 80s, I so miss yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, I know. So you were talking about modeling, and you were do you do your photo shoots in Highland Park Village? And I want to know. You mentioned that you changed in your car. Yeah, do you have any funny stories? Maybe somebody walked up when you're like in your bra <laughs> mid shirt well, change. Oh, I change. Like I am not a modest person. I guess after having kids, <laughs> and I just figure I'm in my bra under. I'm in basically a bikini, <laughs> yeah. right? And so the, the the thing I get the most, and this is pretty funny, there'll be guys going to lunch either at Me Casino oh or Park House, and you know these guys, and they all say to me, do you need me to be in the picture? And it's like, <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that one before their player. You know, but they like, all... I mean, they all, I'm telling you. But what I found is everyone there is so nice. I was so terrified to to shoot there. Yeah, like at you lunchtime, know? I know what you're like, saying. Like, am I going to get in trouble or mm-hmm. is this yeah. even allowed? And I'm telling you, I mean, we've come to know, you know, Manny at Jimmy Choo will make faces behind me. <laughs> you know? Actually, no, this I is a good that. one. So one time, and I do remember this, I was shooting one of those little flowy dresses, uh-huh. and the ladies at Jimmy Choo, they come running out and they said, your dress is tucked in the back of your thigh and your butt's hanging out. And now and I go, oh my gosh. I go, well, my photographer would have figured it out once I turned around. But yeah, As would all of Highland Park Village. So I'm glad. Yeah. It was from yes. Yes. So by the end, I'm changing half in the car, half in the street, you know, but you just want to knock it out. And we, we shoot, like tomorrow, I'll shoot 50 pieces. I mean, that's a 50. lot yes. of oh changing, gosh. folks. Yeah, that is a lot. Of, that's a lot of time to get caught. 
Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Lots of opportunities. So remember a year ago, you and I had a photo shoot. It was about this time of year. It was blazing hot. And we just had like two costume changes. But I was sweating, and my hair did not look good. And I don't know if you feel the same way, but how how do you not... Ruin your look, your makeup, and your hair well, while you're doing I, all this. You know where I, I get my, I do my makeup myself. Um, I used to go to Blushington, you know, because they were great. And, Me too. Yeah, no, we don't have it. And I know. so I taunt myself to the best of my ability. And I go to Dry Bar. You know, I love Dry Bar. Um, they do a great job. And I just, as the day goes through, I wear extensions. And sometimes one part of my weave will be sticking out my side. <laughs> and shove it in or Photoshop it. But trust me, by the end, I am exhausted. Yeah. And I'll also shoot videos. Yeah. Um, um, one of the mm-hmm. things I like to show people is, hey, here's me in a picture, but here's me wearing it and how it fits mm-hmm. and under the arms and, you yeah. know, all of the things that we want to know that you couldn't necessarily tell from a picture. Yeah, so. yeah I love the dress you're wearing. <gasps> Thank so you. It's new. I love it. What's it what's Well, it Nelly, we may have to name it after you. It's now the Nelly. <laughs> the Nelly. <Done. laughs> and it's about to be a bestseller, ladies. Oh, so my gosh. I love it. <laughs> so before this is over, I'm going to ask you to teach us how to do the Avara poses. Oh, of course, <laughs> Yes, let me tell she has you. some signature poses. I do. The, over the, the hand behind the ear with the hair. And yeah, I know, I know. So I know a lot of people out there are in the same boat that you are, you were and that I've been in and that they're, they're tired of the career. Maybe they want to switch gears. Maybe they haven't worked in a while. Tell us how we can start our own business. It, you know, for me, I was sort of given the option of, okay, I could have stayed at my old company, but, you know, I chose to leave. And at that point, it was almost, to some degree, I was forced into it. And, you know, I need to be transparent about that. It was, okay, I've got this opportunity. It's now or never. But for me, it's it's really comes down to you've got to be passionate about whatever you do. And mm-hmm. I was lucky enough that I really always loved clothes. I love fashion. Um, I remember I used to sell clothes to my best friend. Once I was done with them and we'd have <laughs> mm-hmm. a party and we'd do that on a Friday night. Um, so I was fortunate. You know, what are you interested in? I think it's the first question because you're going to be doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's so cliche, but it really is do what you love. I mean, you know, you hear that and our generation kind of goes, yeah, whatever. That's a millennial thing. Mm-hmm. The millennials may have us there. And because I'm telling you, it's the it's the way to go. And so for me, I had that passion. And then it was really about don't be afraid to ask stupid questions. I showed up at Dallas Market Center on a non-market day and walked into a showroom where I couldn't afford anything, but people answered my questions. Mm-hmm. I just explained to them, I don't have any experience doing this. I'm thinking of starting it. How do I do it? I got advice um, and encouragement that way. Um, for me, it's you're going to have to do every single thing at first, you know, and I did it and I lived it. I mean, my husband would get frustrated with me. He would say, you're working more now than you were ever working when you were at a Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I understood that, but I liked it and I enjoyed it. And I saw that we were gaining traction. Um, so really just follow, you know, doing the hard work. It's cliche, but it really comes down to that um, and not being afraid to fail. Y'all, oh, that's oh my gosh, yeah. so many times I have like fallen on my face or felt like I have and I just, you just got to get back up and do it again. Well, what do you think of this? I always think when it comes to, you know, I, I do what I love to do. I always think uh, it's also important to know when to delegate when it's oh, not your expertise. Great 
point. Oh my gosh, that's such a good point. And really for me, I, I had the business background. So at some point I said, I just, I know I need help. And at first, I mean, my, my right hand, Megan, who connected with me on Park City's online Facebook, her mom messaged me and said, I've got my daughter. She's a TCU graduate. She needs a job. She'll be a perfect fit. And, and she has been my right hand since. Um, and she's helped me grow the foundation on the operation side of the business. But right now, you know, you think I'm good at social media. There's a lot I don't know, you know, search engine optimization and all of these things that I know what they stand for. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, investing in talent. I've, I've just brought in a new social media manager who's going to take things to the next level. Mm-hmm. And today, y'all, I haven't been in the office at all. Delegation, you know, yeah. it's, I've got a team of five women that can oftentimes get things done better than I can. So it's been it's scary, but it's been liberating to, to see them all step up and, you know, take and run the business when I'm not there and enables me to get to do fun things like this. I think the fear of failure holds so many people back from their goals. Just like being able to take the plunge and get in there and do something like this, starting your own business. But like you said, you've got to really be passionate about it. And if you're passionate enough, you're going to make it happen. You really will. I I mean, and I know it just, it sounds so glib, but it really, I'm telling you, if you really want to do something and you're interested in something, it really, it can make all the difference. I think people say, oh, I'm going to sell wine because my friend Sally is doing that. Or, oh, I'm going to go sell skincare because Jenny's, and that's great. And there's, I've seen people very successful in those fields. But what is your passion? What do you really love to do? So you've been very successful online and now you've got a brick and mortar store and you're on your way to market after this. Tell us how that evolved. Yeah. And it's, it's funny people, when the pandemic hit, we went exclusively to online, obviously, because people weren't going to go anywhere, let alone go somewhere to shop. And I really missed seeing my customers and seeing the women try things on. I mean, the art of shopping to me is not dead. Shopping can be a bonding experience. I used to go downtown with, I grew up in New York, go downtown with my grandmother and upstate, my grandmother and my mother. And shopping was like an event and it was a social thing and it was a bonding. It was something that provides women joy. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't want to lose that. I never, even if I could grow a huge business online, there's something missing. And I didn't just create this to make money. I created this to be of service and provide something that women can, you know, bond over and have fun with. And so when we went all online, our inventory, literally, I was running this business out of my home. We had a bedroom that was floor to ceiling with bins. I mean, you couldn't even walk in there. And it got to the point where we were just overflowing because we were growing so much. And I reached out to a friend of mine who um, who runs Accessory Concierge, and they were a business very similar to mine. Started on Facebook, grew into a brick and mortar store and they were actually expanded even more into wholesale. So she said, we're thinking of moving our business and this little house on Lover's Lane came up that I guess was like once owned by Big Al Mac, you know, <laughs> Kiss FM. Uh-huh. I know it's got this okay. whole history. So we love the space and we said, gosh, they're moving out and we may be crazy, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, but let's take it because that's such a fun area. There's so many new businesses down there and uh, we, we grabbed it. And again, to me, the art of shop is not dead. And it was proven to me this last week. So many women showed up. We all had our masks on. We were all safe. But 
there was just such a great vibe there. People trying things on and ladies coming out and, oh, I love her dress. Where'd she get that? It was just a real communal. That's got to feel so good that you created that and people were there to see. Yeah. And I think having it in someone's house, it's a little intimidating to walk up to the door and this seems weird and is this (laughs) even legal? And and everything else. Right. (laughs) And this was, I guess it gives us more legitimacy having, you know, a retail storefront. So, um, but we like the idea of pop-ups, you know, we don't want to just be a store that you can walk into any day. Boring. We want to make shopping an event. Mm -hmm. I want to hear about going to market. I would imagine that it's just like a kid in the candy store, just going into all these showrooms and just being so overwhelmed with these beautiful clothes that you want to have in your store. Like, how do you weed through all that and pick the the cream of the crop that you want to have in your store? You just start by, I remember I walked into my first market. I didn't even qualify (laughs) to be at market. I brought my interior designer who should remain nameless, her badge, because I was like illegal going in. They're not very friendly to you when they find out you're not supposed to be there. No. I've, I've done that before. No. But then I said, I have a credit card and I'll buy stuff. And I'm okay. <laughs> so and there. I, I know. And there are literally hundreds of thousands of pieces. You know, you right. walk in and uh-huh. I didn't know one brand from the other and you start with price and, you know, is it something that I can sell and still make money on, but it will be within a price point that, you know, my customers appreciate. Sure, I can go and oh, that's a hundred dollar top. I'm going to sell it for 400. Well, okay. You know, that's, That's not who we are. Mm -hmm. And so I just tried. You just went from one booth to the next to the next. Now I'm an expert to where I literally wear stretch pants and a tank top. (laughs) I do not buy a piece back in the day pre-COVID before I've tried it on Mm -hmm. because fit is so important. Not only do I ideally want to touch and feel it, but I'm going to put it on because oftentimes you put something on and you go, oh, that looked good on the hanger. It does not look good on a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I'm not a model. I'm 5'3". You know, um, I'm petite, but I'm more of, I would think, the typical body type than somebody I see that's six feet tall and 100 well, pounds. Hey, mm-hmm. Nellie used to be a model for elite petite. Oh, <laughs> so there is a market. Did not there is a market yeah. for New York. Well, I'm a New Yorker, too. So where'd you good. grow up in New York? I grew up in Rochester. Okay. Yeah, in Rochester. Mm-hmm. So yeah, market's a lot of fun. It's changed Sounds like fun. a lot in that, you know, when they had a very, very limited market where just a few brands came. And it's great because you can try it on and touch it. But we're having to, what I call, buy blind. So we're... Mm-hmm bringing in a lot of pieces online. There's a lot of capabilities as far as marketplaces where you can source products. Um, We do that. And I'll tell you, ladies, there have been pieces that have come. Send it back because the brand is too important to me. If I will not wear it, I will not sell it. So tell our audience how they can get into your pop-up store, your speakeasy of a store. Oh, yes. Well, now (laughs) it's really easy. We're at 4239 West Lovers Lane, and we have hours 10 to 4 on Thursdays and Fridays, and we're going to have a big, big event. Mark your calendars. Saturday, August 29th, we're going to have a big sale, big sort of grand opening celebration, special guests, lots of my famous or soon-to-be famous friends will be there, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But you, we'd love to have people come out anytime, Thursday, Friday, 10 to 4. Well, we'll be there. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It is really, really a good time. And we guarantee you'll probably know someone when you're there. So you'll go, oh, (laughs) you shop here too. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, ladies. I really appreciate you having me on, um, sharing my story. You know, it's it's important. As women, I love what you guys do. Women really supporting other women, not just giving it lip service, but your actions support that. So thank you, guys. Well, thank you for being on the show. So that's been another episode of The Bubble Lounge. I'm Nellie Shudo. And I'm Mark. Jackson, and we'll catch you next time.